Hey guys, I stole the walkie-talkie back. Welcome back to another exciting nine. Of nine, get off this channel. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Die Hard Minute, where every day, Monday through Friday, movies by minute hosts talk about one of the greatest '80s hair movies. Nine, nine, get off this channel. <laughs> The 1988 John McTiernan-directed movie, Die Hard. I'm Thomas Howarth from The NeverEnding Minute. And I'm Jonathan Carlyle from The Princess Bride Minute. And I'm Stephen Lasto, also from The Princess Bride Minute. You can't have my walkie-talkie. You've got to give that back. I don't even know why you use this channel. You know we were honest. I just remembered I wasn't supposed to identify myself when I had this. Well, Thomas, welcome back. Thank you very much for having me again, guys. Thank you for once again um, invading Nakatomi Plaza. He's going to screw it all up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, a never, is, it's like a never uh, ending story. <laughs> right? <laughs> nice. So we're here, guys. I can't avoid talking about this douchebag any longer. Well, wait just one second, if you don't mind. I want to do the oh. housekeeping of Minute 44. starts with Holly saying something is wrong and ends with Hans Gruber reacting. Go ahead, now, please. Perfect. <laughs> so first of all, can this a-hole be any farther up her skirt? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen two people sit that close together in a... ever. <laughs> I mean, I they're really close. <laughs> he looks like he's actually kind of like hiding behind her. I mean... He's probably sitting behind her and leaning forward, but he looks like he's using her as kind of a shield. He probably yeah. is because he's the biggest douchebag in the world. Well, there's something you have to keep in mind here first and foremost. He's all coked out. Oh, there yeah. is that. <laughs> so he's pretty twitchy right now, to say the least. We don't know if he's got good coke or bad coke or what. It can't be that great because he doesn't have any on his mustache. I don't know if that's a factor in coke goodness. <laughs> I can't. I, I wouldn't know. I've never actually done it, but I imagine if it was really good, you wouldn't care about leaving someone on your your mustache. You'd be too high to care. Well, it's pretty valuable, isn't it? I don't know. If you have a mustache, maybe you can save some for later when the hit starts to fall. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, my my my, my problem with him is I, I I have a side question. Why okay. is everybody so all over Holly McClain? She's she's not all that. But that hair. It's the <laughs> hair. She's got the hair. I mean, the perm is banging. Yeah, some, somebody call Marcy from, um, um, what's the the Al Bundy show called? <laughs> it's not called the Al Bundy show. I, I can't think of what it's called. Married with Children. Somebody call Marcy from Married with Children. Her hair has been stolen. This woman actually <laughs> looks fairly like Marcy from that show. They've got similar face, facial uh, features. It's a very eighties look. The whole the whole package is very eighties. Maybe he's just attracted to her power. Yeah, he's that's what I was gonna say. He's probably uh that's his way of, you know, conquesting the woman that's rising up in the, the business world. It's like, you know, a way to keep her down. Yeah, if I can plow her then she'll be underneath me even if I work for her. I think that's a fair way of dealing with what you know, with um gender threat. I, I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. I wouldn't say fair is the way to go with that, but yeah. <laughs> but he's not doing it. I mean, as long as it's, as long as it's consensual, I mean, then it, if it fulfills his psychological need to feel like he's he's the, you know, on top, then whatever. I, I imagine, somehow I imagine, if they did ever hook up, he would never be on top. <sighs> this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I did look at this guy up, though. Um, what's his character name in here? You said Harry? Harry. Harry Ellis. His, his name is Hart Bachner. 
course now, it is. I, I mean, even his name is a little bit douchey, but apparently he got typecast all the time because it seems like everything I saw him in, he played a douche or a killer or a bad guy or a douche. <laughs> or a killer douche. Exactly. You know, sometimes you get uh, typecast for a reason, you know. I'm not saying that he is a douche, but, you know, maybe he just plays one very well. Or doesn't know how to play anything else, I don't know. Maybe he's not acting. <laughs> this is just his natural persona. I mean, the guy's name is Hart. Yeah, H-A-R-T. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to be pretty douchey to make your acting name Hart Bachner. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's not his real name. You don't think so? Well, don't they almost always choose, um, um, like, professional names? I think typically they do, yes. Let's learn a little bit more about Hart Bachner. Let's okay. see if he's done anything horrifyingly bad. Personal life. Thank you, Wikipedia. Well, <laughs> he was born in Toronto. That's horrible. Um, <laughs> honestly, he sounds like a pretty per- good person. Um, his- Bachner is a board member of the Environmental Media Awards. He comes from people who were pianists and lawyers and journalists and philanthropists. I'm I'm sorry, I don't I can't attack this man anymore. <laughs> I wonder if his name was actually Bart Hockner and he just changed the letters around. <laughs> well his middle name is Matthew. I wonder if that's what his actual first name used to be or something. I bet you we can get him on the podcast if we um if we can find him on Twitter right now. How many how many people do you think are following Hart Bachner on Twitter, assuming I can find him right now? Ooh, um, I don't know. Uh, 300. I'll bet there's more people following the fake account of Harry Ellis than there is the actual guy. <laughs> um, this got some weird, um, some weird responses. He may not have a, he may not have a Twitter. Apparently, according to imdb which isn't perfect but it does say that he earned pop culture status because of this movie his performance is the obnoxiously sleazy harry ellis bestowed the number one or bestowed the number two spot on maxim's the greatest movie sleazeballs of all time list <laughs> who else is on that list i don't know but okay. now i want to go google it <laughs> googling minute well right? Hart Bachner doesn't have seen different Twitter, so um, that takes care of that. But is he on Facebook? <laughs> there is a Lauren Hot Bachner who is there. There he is. How many? Oh yeah, look at him. Should I send him a friend request? So sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna add, add him as a friend and see where that goes. Maybe maybe Jim will let me do a special. So I did find a list of the top ten scumbags of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and he is on this at number nine. So number 10 is Shannon from Mallrats. Oh. Number nine is Ellis from Die Hard. Number eight is David oh, Wooderson from Dazed and Confused. <laughs> number seven is TJ Mackey and Magnolia. Wait, this is top uh, 10 scumbags, right? Yep. Okay. Just check. Ray, Ray in High Fidelity. Is Ray the John Cusack character? I don't know. No, Tim Robbins character. He is kind of a scumbag. Simon from True True Lies, Bill Paxton. Carter from Aliens is number four. Van Zant from Heat. And number two is Gordon Gecko from Wall Street. And number one on this list, Walter Peck from Ghostbusters. 
Oh, he's the, he's the only one I know on that list. <laughs> <laughs> I knew a couple of them, but yeah, he's the one that is most famous to me that I can think of. I was hoping you'd say Biff Tannen, um, because the guy who he played is... Biff Tannen hates being known for being Biff Tannen. <laughs> well, that was interesting. This is what Googling can do for you. Yeah, getting beyond the first five seconds of the minute, I guess. <laughs> first of all, Hart Bakker has 30 seconds nearly of this minute. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're, we're okay. But okay, enough of the douchebag. Um, now, you know, is this, uh, we didn't really talk about this in the last minute where we saw Holly, but she, so she's putting it together that, you know, John is the one behind all of this. Um, now I know Harry met John earlier, but he seems to really, I don't know. Is he just really throwing it out there or does he actually know John a little bit? Well, he wants to know John's wife. I think he know. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is he, he knows John because John's in his way. Right. He's also a so, cokehead, and cokeheads don't usually like cops all that much. There is that. <laughs> Although he was not shy about snorting that right in front of him. But I did check on his little comment about his job is 3,000 miles away. Um, just doing a quick Google search of you know New York to L.A. is uh, 2,791 miles. So he, uh, he knows his stuff. Wow. Yeah, I would. I would if in conversation. If I had to choose distance, I would also say twenty seven ninety one. No, I would say three thousand. <laughs> I'd probably say two thousand, but that's because I've driven several times back and forth, and I just underestimate it to two thousand. Oh my god! <laughs> well, that is that is uh, by roadway. So I guess if you if you flew it direct or something, it would be even less than that, and then he would be more wrong. But we, we do want him to be more wrong because right, he's not a good guy. So more wrong sounds like more wrong. Ninety-one miles by roadway. Yes, via I eighty west. Well, if you're going from New York to Los Angeles, it's west. Okay, so you take the tunnel. Okay, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think he he comes across as a little bit ridiculously anti John McClane, but. Like I said, he's coked out. So and he's, and he's clearly, if you look at him twitching and his eyes going back and forth, all that, he's he's clearly playing playing up the fact that he's coked up in this scene. Yeah, right. his his choice of dialogue here is kind of odd, though. He says John's he's going to mess this up. That just seems odd for the situation they're in. Like almost like he has a vested interest in it going yeah. right. Like I mean, yeah, does. he wants to get out alive, but right. but. The way he's saying it, he almost has like a vested interest in the actual goings on. Like John's gonna mess this up, right? <laughs> well, now you're kind of getting into in our first minute in forty one. We were talking about Hans Gruber and his lines that they are threatening, and you understand what he's saying. But if you break it apart, it it doesn't. You know, there's probably better ways to say it. Right. But at least his excuse is that he's German speaking English, where this guy right. is just you know cokehead speaking English. Hmm. Well, he is Canadian. Ah, hey. <laughs> I, 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 before we leave, um, um, Flora, what's what's her name? Marcy and the Cokehead behind. I have to admit, <laughs> I really like her, um, her line about tell that to Mister Takagi. I think yeah. that's an awesome, awesome line and awesome delivery. And before you get too far, I think you just named this episode <laughs> Marcy and the Cokehead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we cut away from Marcy and the Cokehead to um, John McClane, now heading upwards, 
through a steam room, which I can't imagine is on the highest levels of a of a skyscraper. But what do That's I know? my thought exactly. The only reason I can think of this stuff being here is maybe to run the elevators. It could be. But that would be in the the power plant would be in the basement, wouldn't it? Not all the time. Sometimes there is equipment on both ends. I do think I see like cables and stuff coming off of it. That, I, I don't know, but it is kind of odd still to have the steam, like stereotypical Hollywood steam coming off of this stuff. It's a cool shot, though. I mean, I'll give them that. I mean, I can pick it apart, of course, but, you know, oh. I like it. That's, that's the name of the movies by minutes, pick it apart. <laughs> Speaking of picking it apart, though, when he opens this door, did you guys hear that camera click? Sounds like somebody was taking a picture with a camera as he opened the door. I did not notice that. I hear that. I think it's the lock. It probably is, but it with the flash from the lights on the rooftop, along with that, it really looks like somebody's taking a picture of him. Oh, yeah, there are, there are a couple of good flashes there. Yeah, because, I mean, it's the Hilo, Hilo thing there, so they have to have the, the landing stuff. But we do get a great cityscape of L.A. Yeah. Um, I read somewhere that I, I don't know if this is it. I, I don't know for this actual minute, but I read somewhere that a lot of the cityscape was like this huge matte painting with uh, and the, you know, they added some lights to it to to make it look real. And I think I think I think that they said that that matte painting still exists. You know, that Fox still owns it and it's sitting around somewhere. Cool. And they, they've actually used that matte painting for other movies, too. Well, over Never Any Minute, we definitely love our matte paintings, so I don't, there are plenty of them. I don't know my um, my L.A. well enough to tell anything from the skyline, um, but there is a Broadway sign clearly visible, now that I'm looking closer at it, at 38 seconds, and I'm trying to figure out if that is anything, to sort of wow. see what we're seeing. Um, I'm impressed you could read that. That's really far away. Oh, and the sad thing is I can barely see. I don't know how I'm able to see it. <laughs> I don't either, because I'm, I'm looking at it on a 60-inch screen TV, and I still can barely read it. Well, that makes me feel good. Thank you. <laughs> impressive, sir. Impressive. Um, I have the worst... You may have mutant powers. I don't think so. Not that... Not, <laughs> I, I can assure you, after like saying for the last 10 years I really need to get glasses, I do not have mutant sight powers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can't... I can't... I, I can't see... Like, driving at night is kind of scary for me, and, like, seeing a TV across a bar to watch, like, a ball game, I can never make out what's on the TV. Um, so I'm, I'm amazed that I managed to see that. I'm watching it on a very small laptop. Maybe that helps with, the, with this image. Possibly. All right, so we get a, a walkie-talkie minute here, like like you mentioned before, and I don't know about you guys, but if I stole this walkie-talkie off of a dead terrorist, and I knew he was using it to talk to his friends, I would probably change the channel before I tried to reach out to police. No shit. <laughs> I think that's allowable, by the way. <laughs> 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 I mean, come on. Why would you not change the channel? You're, especially if you're a police officer, you probably know the channels that you can uh, talk on. And I guarantee that the people inside the building are not talking on the same frequency that cops can hear them on. There's so much wrong with what he does um, with the walkie talkie here um, that it's unbelievable. Um like why does why why doesn't why doesn't he identify himself in a slightly more professional manner? You know, 
I'm, this is Officer John McClain. I'm badge number 1542 of the NYPD, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going, like, if he sold himself, he might do a little better, but he, he does everything you said, and he also announces what channel he's on, and who needs that? <laughs> like, duh. We, of course you're on we, channel we, 9. We, <laughs> that's like calling somebody and saying, um, well, no, that would be like calling somebody and having them ask who you are. <laughs> or like no. calling, calling someone on their landline and saying, are you home when they answer? Exactly. Like, well, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I was well, trying but, to find a way to make that tie in, but yes, that's that's what I was going for. But here's another question for you: Why would the terrorists use the same channel as the um, Los Angeles nine one system? Exactly. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Like, why would they broadcast with even the slightest chance of something getting out of the building and alerting the police officers? Maybe when he got the radio, because he got it from Tony, and they fell down the stairs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe. Maybe the channel got bumped, and so he just turned it back to channel nine, and it just happens to be the one that the everybody else is using too. Does he know that everyone can hear him? I guess. I guess that's the I question. Don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I think he assumes he can be heard because he knows not to give his name, or is that later on when he hears them talk and then he decides not to give his name? He never gives his name in these two minutes. I don't know if he ever, if they ever connect the dots for if he gives his name, that would out his wife and put her in further jeopardy. That's why he doesn't give it to Hans. I know that much, but <sighs> yeah. This, so Roy, Roy becomes his secret identity. Is that what you're saying? It's his, it's his Peter Parker or his Clark Kent. <laughs> There's a, I haven't actually watched ahead of this minute, so I don't know what happens. Um, <laughs> I mean, I watched it in 1988. Right, idiot, and maybe since then, but not recently. Everything he does here is seemingly wrong. The only, the only forgiveness I can grant him, the only absolution I will grant him, is that perhaps he doesn't know how to change the channel on the walkie-talkies, or he's tried doing it, and the other channels don't work. Um, we get to see that obviously everyone can hear him. Yes, and at least at this point, as the viewer, we see that Hans and everybody hears him, but we don't get a response back yet. So it could just be a complete flop, you know, where the only people he's calling are the terrorists. Right. He, he's not even sure at this moment that he's reaching anybody. Uh, do you want to segue that into our project coming up? X Minutes? Yeah. Yes. What's X Minutes about? Well, first of all, <laughs> now, Steve, Steve came up with this idea of, of starting to analyze the X-Men movies which I'm a big fan of X-Men and most guys my age, I think grew up kind of really enjoying the X-Men. And of course, Steve, you have a, a great love for X-Men as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. we were, we were recording an episode of the princess bride minute and, um, and that's when it popped in my head. I was like, nobody's done that before. <laughs> yeah. So we decided that we didn't really want to go one minute at a time because there are a lot of movies that we're going to want to get into and one minute at a time would really, really take up a lot of time. So after some brainstorming, we decided maybe go somewhere closer to scene by scene. And then the epiphany happened. Pete from uh, Pete, the retailer from star Wars minute posted up on our thing, the genius idea of X minutes. We're going to analyze it 10 minutes at a time. Wait, what? Awesome. <laughs> that I didn't, I I have I don't think I've seen that post. <laughs> well, you didn't see that post? Yeah, that's kind of where this where I came from with this. Yeah. He posted it up when we were trying to come up with names or or time frames of what we wanted to do. 
Um, somebody said 10 minutes or we, one of us said 10 minutes and then he came up and posted X minutes and I was like, Oh, that's genius. No, I, I don't think that was Pete. Th- I'm, now I may have this wrong. And, um, I know we haven't fleshed out. I, I, I know somebody said X minutes. I don't think it was Pete though. I could be wrong. Uh, I, um, I, let's, let's make a bet on it and we'll verify it on our first episode. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I thought, I thought X was a variable. In this case, like it was variable number of minutes, and that meant like the scene, as opposed oh. to ten minutes. Though ten minutes is quicker. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I thought it was more scene by scene. X minutes would mean that it was a variable number of minutes each episode. So like it might be you might be covering one minute an episode. I mean, probably we do more than that, but we or it might be a five minute scene or a three minute scene or whatever. We'll see. As you guys can tell, we've got some bugs to work out, <laughs> but we do have a great idea. We're going to be going forward with it. And what's the website that they can check out information on that for in the future? It is, unless a lot of, unless people start buying lots of Prince of Bride Minute t-shirts, it is xminutes.net. Uh, <laughs> the guy who owns xminutes.com wants like money for it. So xminutes.net is our, is our website. Is there any hyphens or underscores or is it just straight? I think I own both of them, actually. Um, oh, but okay. um, we have to have a team meeting to discuss which one we're going to use. Yep. Um, uh, on blue, one hand, I want Blue team wanna, or yellow team? We are... We are the, it, this is not a comic podcast. This is a movie oh. podcast. Oh, okay. Sorry. Will be, yeah, so. yeah, so it's gray or dark black. The only thing I want to know going into it, so are you guys like a huge fan of X3, or are you just going to go through that one for fun? We're, I would like to touch all of them. I mean, every movie, every movie has its ups and downs. And I think we can't really call yourself. Well, I'm not going to be that fan. It says you can't call yourself a fan if you don't take them all in. (laughs) But, you know, everything has something to be appreciated in it or something to be talked about in it. So I will go so far as to quote Pete, the retailer or Alex Robinson. One of them always says this release order. Release order. That sounds perfect to me. Yeah. Now, we do have a third host joining us for that. And that would be um, Jerry O'Brien, who was also a guest on The Princess Bride Mid. And Jerry, this is a fun story. So Jerry is, I used to be a, a freelance IT consultant. And I mostly focused on small businesses and consumers. This was like mostly during the 90s and 2000s when people needed a home IT consultant set up their Wi-Fi network and stuff like that. Um, but Jerry was a client of mine. And, you know, he's like this, he's a little older than me, but he's like this, this big geeky guy and had comic books all over his house. It was a fun guy to hang out with and talk to. And I haven't done that for a long time, but I've known Jerry in the neighborhood since then because we don't live too far from each other. Um, and so I was, I was pleased when he came on to Princess Bride and I thought, hey, this is a guy that, you know, I do this with Jerry. <laughs> um, so Jerry's going to, Jerry's going to be fun and he, he's, he, um, he actually, Jerry, um, owns a copy of Giant Size X-Men number one, it turns out. Ooh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and we're aiming for a release date of sometime around the beginning of the year. Um, maybe a little earlier than that. Um, I know, I know my schedule is the big, the big stumbling block and in November I've got a lot going on. So I know that I'm sort of the, the main, um, fudge in the works. <laughs> we'll get it all worked out. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it should be great. And, um, I hope, I hope Jonathan will come on as a host at some point. A guest. Oh, I, yeah. I, I would love to, I love those movies. Yeah, well, I, I think I love most of those movies. 
<laughs> well, figure out which one you like the least, and that's when we're bringing you on. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which minute, but I know which movie that would be already. Okay, we'll try to pick a movie that we've got like twenty years to do. You know, <laughs> we want it. We want it. We want to see you sooner rather than later. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, um, guys, you want to come back and uh, close out the week together? Yeah, I got one more minute in me for sure. I bet sure. you do. I bet you do. <laughs> All right, so once again, we're from um, the Princess Bride Minute, me and Jonathan. Thomas is from the Never Ending Story Minute. Um, we also have our future podcast, UHF 62nd, and X-Men Minutes, as you've heard about. To follow this podcast, DieHardMinute.com. On Facebook, DieHard with a podcast, Listener's Limo. That's hilarious. Um, on Twitter, <laughs> at DieHardMinute. And, of course, to listen to the, I'm sure it's several thousand Movies by Minute podcasts that are available to you now. Um, full-time job for Pete and Alex updating moviesbyminute.com but that's where all the all the podcasts are listed and um <sighs> yippee-ki-yay mother <laughs> <laughs> awesome have fun yippee-ki-yaying <laughs> bye <laughs> that's another story <laughs> tell me you got that I got it I got it Get your heart on Channel 5.